in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome to As I See It. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. I'm joined today with Dr. Steve Tuck, who is a hospitalist in Macon, Georgia, has been on the program a number of times helping us with COVID and other issues of medical and health concern. But today, um, while I appreciate his medical expertise, I've asked him to speak on another topic of expertise he possesses, scotch. That's right, scotch, as in the other type of whiskey that they produce across the pond in the land of gray skies, rainy cold weather, and the birthplace of golf. If you're a scotch drinker or if you're not, I think you'll enjoy Dr. Tuck's insights on this subject. So, Dr. Tuck, Steve, welcome to As I See It. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be a lot more fun than getting grilled on the medical stuff. I would imagine so. I think we probably ought to call this as I drink it. Since uh, That's you, good. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> so scotch is a whiskey, but all but not all whiskey is a scotch, right? Help us with that. Correct. because And help us with why whiskey spelled different ways. Well, in, I, I think either um, – Spelling is appropriate uh, in uh, in Scotland. It does not have uh, have the e uh, in most cases. Um, but Scotch is a very specific. Um, it's 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 a it's a legal term in uh, in Britain. Um, it is produced from uh, uh, malt barley, spring water. Um, distilled uh, after the fermentation process is distilled uh, at least twice and has to spend at least three years in oak barrels before it's, um, anything else is done with it, whether it becomes a blend, uh, part of a blend or it is bottled or is allowed to age further. But a minimum of three years in oak barrels. And you'll see scotch that's been in other barrels types of barrels, bourbon barrels, sherry casks, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is after they've been three years in uh, minimum in an oak barrel. So when we're here in Tennessee and we say, hey, to be a Tennessee whiskey, it has to go through the Lynchburg process, that charcoal filtering, if you're mm-hmm. mellowing, et cetera. That's kind of what we're saying. Scotch has a certain process that it has to has to go through and be made with. Is that right? Certain certain grains, okay. um, uh specifically uh, barley, spring water, oak barrels. Uh, and most of them are, uh, the grain is dried over uh, peat, which is a semi-carbonized vegetation. It's like a charcoal, very, very slow burn. And that's what gives many scotches the, the, the smokiness and the, um, the nuances of the flavor. Okay. All right. So that's really what makes it the, the ingredients are different from a scotch versus a bourbon or a Tennessee whiskey, right? Aren't those yeah. more corn-based? Yeah, bourbon is, bourbon is corn, and as is Tennessee whiskey's corn vodka, gin can be made out of multiple grains because basically to distill it so much, they take the flavor out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, each one has its own process, and you know Tennessee whiskey has its, does, it has its process in the state, uh, Bourbon in Kentucky has the same thing. So it's not an unusual uh, to have these things regulated uh, rather highly. Yeah, yeah. And, and there are other malted whiskeys that are made all over the world. Japan makes some great ones, but they're not scotch. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So many people, when they first try scotch, this was me in college, uh, I, I'm, it, it tasted like lighter fluid to me. And was that because I was buying the cheapest scotch available or is there an acquired taste to scotch? Some people have to acquire taste. I did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first good whiskey I had, um, it was uh, I had found a friend for life. Uh, but for many, <laughs> it is acquired taste. It's it, it's it's not as sweet as bourbon. It has more powerful flavors than than vodka, uh, vodka or gin. So it's um, uh, some people have to acquire a taste, but it is well worth the time that it takes. And the quality of whiskey does make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially there are some whiskeys that a uh, a new Scotch drinker um, may want to avoid. And I think we may get to that later on. Okay. Uh, but um, uh, there are there are starters that you know they're just beginner and intermediate and, and um, expert, kind of like ski slopes. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, at that time, I was definitely on the on the green slopes and trying to trying to now move up to the intermediate blues. I guess I'm definitely not a double black diamond guy right right now. But but as you are, we're hoping to learn from you on that. So, uh, when it comes to Scotch, why Scotland? Why not Ireland, Norway, some of those uh, other countries that have a similar type of climate? Well, Irish whiskey is basically is also made of barley. It is spring water, but the, they don't have peat in Ireland, so the, so it's dried in a different way, so that, so you don't get the smoky flavor. It also has to be, Irish whiskey's got to be at least triple distilled, where Scotch just has to be distilled uh, twice. Okay. Um, uh, so it's, but basically they are, close, as the countries are, akin to each other, so are the whiskeys. Um, the, uh, and as I said, there are other countries where barley is, um, produced and and dark whiskey whiskey is made malted barley whiskey is made. It just can't be called Scotch for the for the, the legalities of it. Gotcha. So you have had the fortunate opportunity to spend a little time in Scotland, uh, playing a little golf, drinking a little Scotch, maybe a Guinness or two. So Highlands, Lowlands, Isle of This, Sky This. Uh, tell us what about each region and what it because they're each known uh, for a little bit different style on of the yes, scotch. Right? Uh, there aren't many Lowland distilleries, and that's in the area, kind of in the line between um, uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh. Um, Did you say there are not there are few, very many? There's not many. There's not okay. many. There are a few. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those and there's a great variation um, in those. Most of them are not particularly peaty. Uh, they're uh, more akin to Irish whiskeys. Now, there's a couple of exceptions to that, uh, but there's very few of those, and there are a couple that I can uh, th- that uh, I will have from time to time if I see them at a restaurant. But they're not very common mm-hmm. either. The, the distilleries are not particularly large. Um, uh, the Highlands uh, is the next pedious group, and that is any area going north on the main continent or the main country of Scotland that is not on the Spey River. And oh. those, the content of the, um, uh, of those whiskeys, the, the character is a little bit peaty, a little smoky, but not overwhelming. And those are mostly, when I, when I recommend starter scotches, it's mostly Highlands that I'll recommend because of the, uh, uh, 
the the smoothness uh, and the lack of over smokiness mm-hmm. that you know a lot of old, older, more experienced Scotch drinkers will move to. Now the Spay River goes through the Highlands and dumps um, into uh, the uh, the north, dumps into the Irish Sea, I guess, um, and it goes across the country at an angle from north um, eastern Scotland. Uh, to southwestern and the peat around the Spay River is more intense and so and there are distances from the Spay River depending on how far you get away from it um, as to the intensity of the uh, of the whiskey and its smokiness and then Islay and the islands but all the islands are, are lay, even though there's a number of islands that produce whiskey uh, Jersey another one those are basically the um, uh, called Islay for the most part, and that's where the really, really smoky whiskeys come from. That uh, it is those truly to me are an acquired taste, mm-hmm. uh, which I have not fully acquired yet, <laughs> even with my experience. Uh, and I've got I've got several friends that that's those are their go to whiskeys, but uh, but it, you know Lowlands, Highlands, Space Sign, Islay, basically least strong. To the strongest in that order okay okay so yeah when i first tasted a peaty scotch i kind of it, i likened it to me being downwind from a campfire and breathing it all in because mm-hmm. it's it was i didn't expect that level of of charcoal smoky and all of that so i can yeah. see why that's more of an acquired taste but uh, that's something that people adapt to and even seek out correct as they become, yeah, they do, and I, you know, I've tried to work on it, but to me, for the most part, it's light and, and, and good whiskey are contradiction in terms. Now, there are people <laughs> that will consider that blasphemy, but that's the great thing about scotch. It's just there's so many of them, and it's so individual that you, you know, you, um, it's it's hard not to if if you taste long enough, it's hard not to find something you're gonna find, not find something you're gonna fall in love with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, in a second, I want you to address the issue of single malt, what that really means. But I got to pay some bills, so we're gonna have a little commercial here. We'll be yeah. right back in a minute with Doctor Steve Tuck talking on Scotch whiskey. If you're just joining me, we're talking with Dr. Steve Tuck, a hospitalist in Macon, Georgia, a medical expert, but also a scotch expert, and he's sharing his views and, and feelings on, on the subject of scotch whiskey. Uh, been there a number of times, uh, has sampled a number of these for investigational research purposes only, right, Steve? A large number of them, yes. <laughs> so, when I, when, right before the commercial break, I asked Steve, you know, we hear this term, single malt. I don't hear single corn when I talk about a Kentucky bourbon. Tell me what single malt really means, why that's favored by many, if not most people. Well, it's one single malt basically it is from one distillery and one batch from that distillery. And it can be aged any number of years uh, as the distiller sees that barrel of scotch and tastes from that that barrel they may say at 10 years this is we're going to bottle it here because we think it's hit peak they may say 12 may say at you know 15 or, or even longer um in bourbon terms you've been uh, you hear single barrel and in um uh irish whiskey terms you hear single pot hmm. uh and basically are the same same terms now most people think and there are some great blends um, out there, but about 90% of the world's scotch that is consumed is blended scotch, and 
most of the Scots that somebody of that McCowan, Gwen uh, Fittich, Gwen Morangi, some of the big names that you know about, most of their Scotch is actually sold off because as the barrel develops, the distiller determines this does not have the potential to be a a, a, a good a good single malt mm-hmm. and so representative will, of their distillery right representative of their brand exactly mm-hmm. uh and therefore they go they take it and sell it at these big auctions and that's how people like doors and you know get their whiskey chevis um is a to me chevis 12 is one of the best blends there's another one called pinch uh those have to be all uh scotch whiskey um some of the other uh cheaper brands of blends can have other types of whiskey in them besides scotch they have to have a certain percentage and i'm not familiar with what that is it's a high percentage but they have other they can have corn and rice and other type of whiskeys in them mm-hmm. uh, but the, if it says chevis 12 then that means that the youngest scotch in that bottle of whiskey is 12 years old hmm. see the 12 years old or older and I did have the chance to go uh, do a tour of the Chevis Blendery, for lack of a better term, it's not a distillery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really was interesting to talk to the to the blender the, the the blenders and how they go to these auctions, taste whiskeys, and come up with a, a formulation every year that says, "All right, Chevis Twelve, Pinch Twelve is going to taste just like it did the year before." So there's a lot of science to it. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's actually more interesting in the process of, of single malt distilling. As I see it, we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jeff Kageris with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years, and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. And now, back to As I See It. Are they as specific about this is what our Chivas 12 tastes like? Or can they say, you know, nope, this year we're going to make Chivas 12 taste different. The 2000... Uh, I've had a lot of... Yeah, go ahead. I've had a lot. I've had a lot of Chevis over my time, and it's all tasted pretty much the same. Okay, so they do. So, they do aspire to blend yeah, it in such exactly. a way that that they have a consistent marketing. Well, awesome. all of these blends have very loyal um, followers, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, from, at all price ranges. And when you consider that ninety percent of the whiskey consumed in in the world is blends, these they don't want to lose their. Uh, they're following. Yeah, sure. Uh, they want people to continue to buy it. And so if something tastes different, you know, like going to a restaurant, you get, they may have, you know, fettuccine Alfredo one time and it's, it tastes one way and the next time it tastes another and you didn't like as much the second time, you may not come back to the next time. Makes all, all the sense in the world. You've uh, helped simplify what seemed to be a very complex thing, but I think much more understandable. So let's go through a few scenarios and get your advice on some specifics. And if you're listening, you might want to take a, a note or two on these in case you're heading to your liquor store sometime this week or this month. So I'm going to give you a few people scenarios, okay? So let's say I'm a person that rarely drinks whiskey, but, but when I do, it, it always tastes really strong. But I want to try scotch. I'm at a restaurant. Um, what should I try, and how should I order that? Well, a couple of good starters are Jura 10-year, uh, 
is made by there's the allerger, but the scotch that is that the 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 malt the peat that's used is not actually from the island. Uh, it's uh, it's Highland and and Glen Kinchy, uh, G O N K I N C H I E, is twelve year old. That is actually low in scotch, and it's to me they're both of those are very delicate. They're light. Um, uh, even to this day, as as much as I enjoy whiskey, I'm not somebody that drinks it purely straight. I don't cut it with water, but it's but a, a small ice cube to me. Uh, especially here in the south, drops the temperature just slightly, mm-hmm. and uh, I think opens it up a little bit. Now I almost got kicked out of a bar in Edinburgh a few years ago for requesting that, <laughs> but uh, but it's not the first bar I almost got kicked out of. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's a different podcast. Yeah, that's that's a whole other that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> uh, but th- but those are two good choices. Okay, all right. How about if I usually do drink, say Jack Daniels on the rocks? And I want to expand my horizons and move to a Scotch whiskey. What would you recommend? Well, two that are yeah, readily available for that: Macallan um, Fine Oak Twelve, and Malvini Doublewood. And Malvini Doublewood, especially, is uh, is uh, for Scotch for single malt Scotch is really good single malt Scotch, very reasonably priced, mm-hmm. and uh, they would be. Um, uh, I think a nice alternative, a nice starter for somebody that is a, that is a whiskey drinker. Mm-hmm. And can they do that? Can they do that on the rocks also, just the way they do yeah, the whiskey? Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, I mean, it, it, there's it is it's kind of as you as your as you experience more whiskeys and your palate develops. Most people will move away from getting it real cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. So it's just it's a matter of uh, personal taste. And so it's not like uh, the equivalent of drinking your wine through a straw or anything when you put ice in your scotch. Uh, no. Is that right? Okay. Okay. Now, in in Scotland, it probably is. Is I had a, um, a caddy one time at St Andrews. I ran into him at a uh, little pub there, and I, I recognized him. I said, "Can I buy you a whiskey?" And he said, oh, "Absolutely." I said, "What would you like with it?" He goes, "Ah, Scotsman only wants one thing with his whiskey." More whiskey. <laughs> and so over there, gotcha. it's a little different, but that's, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So tell me this. I, I like my bourbon. I drink it neat. So no ice, right? Um, just, yep. just as it is out of the bottle. Uh, give me a good or moderately priced scotch to compare to my Four Roses or my Blanton's uh, bourbon. And I think you mentioned one, right. which was the... Uh, Oh, what did you say was the double wood? The Balvini? Balvini, Balvini double wood. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit, you know, um, uh, it's a little bit sweeter than, than the two that I'm going to recommend mm-hmm. uh, for somebody uh, that's a, a long-time bourbon drinker. Uh, one of the ones that is a, a, um, a, a space side that's a little more peaty but not overly is made by still is uh, from a bond O B A N and it's called the Distillers Edition and it um, uh, it's got a lot of um, nuance to it uh, you know much like a high, bur- high dollar bourbon would mm-hmm. uh, from Blantons mm-hmm. or Four Roses Old Putney Twelve now that is not a real common one but if you ever see, if if a bourbon drinker ever sees that one on a uh, a bar shelf uh, at a restaurant. It'd be well worth the uh, the try. Okay, you probably got a pretty good purveyor at that restaurant who is selected to. Have yeah, you that got. Whiskey. Yeah, it's um, 
yeah, it's, you know, you just go back to a pretty nice restaurant for so, them to go that far. So if I am a scotch drinker and I'm used to having Glenn Levitt, McAllen, Johnny Walker as a blend, correct? Um, but I want to try something. That old Putney 12 would be a good one, right? Anything else that you would, would say for, for a scotch drinker that wants to branch out a little bit? Okay. Yeah, I think, too, that are um, – that I think both are uh, very good whiskeys. Glenn Farkless, G-L-N-F-A-R-C-L-A-S, the 12-year, or Glenn Gowen, G-L-E-N-G-O-Y-N-E, and the 15-year in that. Both of those are, um, uh, I think, very... Not not common that you're going to see them uh, at a restaurant, but if you are a Scotch drinker and, did, and neither one of these are particularly peaty, um, uh, they're both Highland scotches. Uh, they both, uh, I think, just have a great balance and um, would be a, a good way to experience something new. Now, is there lots of glens in this? Is that a uh, a yeah. Scottish term for it has, by the river it's, it's or something? Kind of a va- like a valley. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Loch, L-O-C-H is a lake. Uh, Glen is um, uh, kind of a area where um, you have uh, we grow the we grow the grain. I got gotcha. you. Okay, all right. So if I had a uh, Glen Noss, I would uh, be looking for a a monster that happened to be in the valley rather than in the lake. There is that right? That would be that would be true. Yes, I, I came up with that pretty quickly, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <Not> bad, Unfortunately. <laughs> so let's say I want to try something peaty. Okay, I'm ready to branch out. I want to try one of these peaties that I've heard about, but I don't want to go like all the way. Is there something that – do I move from a highland to a to kind of a space side, or I move from a space side yeah. to you – know, tell me what, to, what would you say? Yeah, my, my favorite of the of the peaties and um, scotches uh, are the Bowmores. Uh, they are they're much smoother to me than Lafroig or Langevin, and those are the two that are the most common ones you will see. Uh, How do you spell that? Restaurant. Lef- which one? Bowmore's B O W M O R E. Yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Okay. And they do they do a twelve year, and then they do another one called the Legend. Legend is a little Peterson um, in the. Um, uh, in the cask a little bit longer, okay. but uh, it's but they're both smooth. But they do have more smokiness than the other ones I've mentioned. Okay, all right. So I now I'm a different person, and I have this is the final one for you here. I've got two Pappy Van Winkles on my shelf, and I crave, revere those. I don't even share those with others. That's just for my pure enjoyment. I want to find a Scotch for you, maybe that. You go, oh man, I've got that on the shelf. That's my that's my go to when I really want to treat myself. Is there a, a bottle or two or a, a Glen something <laughs> that you um, seek? Uh, there are um, there's one Glen Morangi that if you can find, uh, it's called the Tain T A Y N E. It's named after a, after a Scottish uh, naval battle <laughs> that uh, I think is exceptional. Um, one of my favorite scotches in the world. The other one that um, uh, I really like is called Royal Brockla, B-R-A-C-K-L-A. Uh, it's a Highlands. Um, those both are a little more difficult to find, uh, a little pricier. But, yeah, those are – I've got um, – uh, I've got a few of those in my collection, and so 
um, they uh, they stay way back. Only one bottle open at a time, and it stays way back in the liquor cabinet. I was going to say, I've been at your house, and I've never noticed those particular yeah, bottles. This, there's a reason. Is there a cap, is that the cabinet with the lock on it and the uh, you know the laser security system? No, this it's the one you would have to jump to get to. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that rules me out. Ten years, twelve years, fifteen years, eighteen years. Uh, is it really better to get a longer um, cask? It's it, it's all to, it's all to taste. The okay. um, the the longer it stays uh, in barrels, the darker it gets. Um, it's all going to be about forty percent alcohol, unless it is what's called cask strength. The distiller just tastes the cask. It can be anywhere from you know most of them aren't three years old, but you know seven, eight, nine, ten years old, or even older. And they say, we're just going to bottle this as it comes out of the cask. Some of those are, you know, are 120, 125 proof. Um, but um, uh, most scotches, 40% alcohol, 80 proof. And they've cut it uh, to that point. And it, it just goes to taste. There are mm-hmm. certain whiskeys that I like, the 12-year-old or the 10-year-old, but I don't like the 18 or the 25. There are other ones that I prefer the older whiskey to the younger whiskey. So it's just a matter of experimenting and figuring out what you love. And again, nobody's going to turn their nose up if you like a 12-year more than an 18-year. No. Right? It's just not uh, all a matter just, of... Just the, just the waiter because it's usually cheaper. <laughs> That's right. So um, any truth to the rumor that you have lobbied the federal government to include scotch as part of the food pyramid? Well, I mean, it's made of grain and water. It's a health food. There you go. There you go. I like it. I, I mean, like there's, it. No, there's nothing else in it. If it came out today, it'd be, you know, they'd be... Gatorade be selling it. That's right. <laughs> the these statements not endorsed or reviewed by the FDA, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Purely my opinion. Tell me what else I need to know before we close about, or our listeners should know about Scotch or anything you want to point out. It's uh, uh, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon, both with the individual glass and the learning process. Uh, it, there, I try. If I get the chance, uh, I will try something I've never had before. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I love it, and sometimes I think, "Well, I'm not going to do that again." But you know, you find that needle in the haystack that becomes your go-to. And I've got about three or four that are, you know, uh, my uh, my regular one, regular scotch that I have uh, uh, probably more frequent than I should, <laughs> uh, but. Um, we will not go there either. That's a separate podcast with it, Leslie, your wife. Yeah, that, that is a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, the but I mean, you've got so many regions, and in those individual regions, two distilleries that are right next to each other can have a completely different taste in whiskey by putting the same uh, ingredients in. Just as it's how it's made, how it's distilled, what 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 the flavor they're going for, how long they keep it over the peat um, to dry it. Uh, you know, it's like two great winemakers that are side by side, you know, California or France. You, you can get a completely different taste out of both of them. And so the, the key is just enjoy it and, um, and just keep, keep trying different things. Cause you, you know, eventually, you know, even some of the people that, that don't start out as scotch drinkers that hang around me, eventually they do appreciate come to appreciate it It may not be their absolute go-to whiskey but it's something that's kind of like me with you know certain certain bourbons Mm -hmm. uh you had blanton's mentioned earlier i love blanton's i'm not a bourbon drinker but 
I'll love, I think it's great whiskey. So you know, just keep trying. You'll find something that you do like. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to hang around or be around somebody who can tell you somewhat of the differences so you can maybe just take their word for it, appreciate those differences first, and then start to develop that, that yeah. the, the understanding or the, the nuance yourself, right? Exactly. Well, listen, I want our listeners to know if you're feverishly or have been writing down Dr. Tuck's recommendations, don't fret. Email me at drkeg at coolspringseyecare.com with the subject line scotch, and we'll send you all of his recommendations in one nice typed out form, and you'll like that a lot, plus a few other bonus recommendations that he has given us that we didn't have time to talk about on this podcast. So, Dr. Tuck, Steve, thank you for joining us today on this episode of As I See It. I love talking about eyes, eye health, and medicine, but I also record this show to talk about things that I just really want to talk about and have some fun. So, discussing scotch or any other topic with you fits that bill. Thanks a lot. Well, as always, it's a pleasure, and I'm happy to come on and join you anytime, Dr. Kagerson. Well, I appreciate that. And once again, thank you for being on the front lines of healthcare, keeping us well, getting us uh, treated and out of the hospital. Appreciate it very much. And if you're still hanging on, don't hesitate, please, to tell your friends about As I See It, to subscribe to the podcast. It's available on iTunes. It's available on Google Play and Spotify, all of your different channels. I appreciate it very much. Thanks again to Dr. Tuck, and we'll see you next week.